Hello there, I'm coach Will Love and you're listening to the Idaho Basketball Coaching Podcast. We're fortunate to have coach Nate Hartman on this podcast. Hartman is the head boys coach at Middleton High School, the new head basketball coach. Prior to that, coach Hartman was the varsity assistant at Idaho Falls, where he helped lead the Tigers to a 4A state title. Was their first one in like a couple or three decades or something like that? Yeah, 31 years. 31 years. All right. So anyway, Coach Hartman has learned the game from some of the best uh, in the state of Idaho and throughout the country, probably throughout the world. And he shares a lot of that basketball knowledge on his website, CoachNateHartman.com. And we'll talk a little bit about that at the end of today's podcast. But Coach Hartman, thanks for talking basketball with us today. How's everything in Middleton? Really good. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. I've been following the podcast from afar. Um, You've had some really impressive guests on here um, and I've been able to learn some great things. So really appreciate what you're doing, not only for Idaho high school coaches, but really for coaches around the globe. Um, Really cool resource and and learning opportunity for us. Um, Things at Middleton are going really well. Um, I feel like it's, uh, you know, it's the place I'm supposed to be. It's a great fit. Um, it's a basketball community. They love basketball. They're passionate about basketball. Um, you know, really, really great kids, um, in the program, um, really great parents. The administration at the school has been great. Um, you know, I don't teach, um, but they've been very welcoming, um, you know, welcoming with open arms and, and it's been a place that my family and I have really enjoyed being, you know, in a short amount of time. Um, I have two girls, a four-year-old, a one-year-old. So, We've been at the volleyball games, watching the girls play. And, um, you know, I was able to bring my oldest to the kids camp. She's a little bit younger, you know, but when you're the coach, you can do those things and had her come to the camp a little bit. And she got to meet some of the girls players. And it's been a really, um, a really good move for us. Um, A really great fit. And we're excited to, to get the season going in Middleton. When you saw that Andy moved on, was that did the Middleton job, was that on your radar? Were you like, that's something that I'm very interested in? Yeah. Yeah. It was something I was really interested in. Um, I'm friends with Andy Harrington. He's, he's a, you know, he's a good dude, a good coach, um, you know, and someone that I respect and, and, you know, talk to here and there. Um, and yeah, when Middleton opened up, we were actually, so my wife and I lived over, we lived in Meridian for a couple of years prior okay. to moving back to Idaho Falls. We're both from the east side of the state, but we had lived in Meridian. Um, and I took the the opportunity to go back to Idaho Falls um, to coach, you know, I coached with Howard Hart, um, a legend in Idaho, coached for many, many years. Um, I was very, very fortunate. Um, I spent one year as his uh, freshman, as the freshman head coach. Um, then we moved to Meridian. Um, and then coach Hart allowed me to jump back on the staff. So those freshman boys that I coached, um, it was their senior year. It was going to be their senior year. We'd always talked about winning state. Um, you know, they had the potential to, I truly believe they had that, that potential and that ability. Um, you know, we had a great, you know, 17 and three as freshmen and at the five, a level. And then we, I have dropped to four a, um, and coach Hart, you know, gave me the opportunity to go back, gave me a lot of autonomy um to get to work with the boys and work with the program so i owe a lot to him in that sense um and but we had our eyes on on coming back to the area when the time was right um i love idaho falls high school um it was really difficult to leave idaho falls high school that was you know i spent four years there we won a state championship 
uh, had back-to-back 21 seasons. Um, my last season, I was the interim head coach uh, during COVID. Um, coach Hart had cancer. It's a really difficult situation. Um, but the kids there, you know, I have nothing but great things to say about them, the administration, the AD, Pat Lloyd, all those guys were really, really good. Um, but yeah, when Middleton came open, um, you know, I saw some jobs opening over here and started to kind of keep my eyes open. And I got a couple calls that Middleton was open and asked if I were interested. And, you know, I threw all my, all my chips into getting the Middleton job and it worked out. So I'm really grateful for that. Uh, anybody that knows you or at least kind of knows you or visit your website knows that, you know, you're pretty strategic on like developing as a coach. So, you know, how for the younger coaches out there that are listening, how have you gone through that progression to get to this point? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I mean, the one one thing that I love about basketball is you're constantly learning constantly. There's so much information out there and um, you know, I grew up in Pocatello. I played at Highland High School. I played for Chris Frost, um, another Idaho legend, um, Greg Evans, who spent I don't know how many years, but years and years at Pocatello High School, won state championships there. He came over my senior season and actually helped out Chris, uh, Coach Frost. Um, I played for Coach Frost's son. I played for Joe and Tony Green and Bill Green, who are now at the staff at Pokey. So I was around all of these really, really great basketball minds. Um, and I just, you know, I knew from even when I was in high school, I just felt like I just consumed and saw the game just a little bit differently. I mean, that's that's what we do as coaches. We're a little bit weird. We're a little bit <laughs> off. Um, we get excited about things that, that maybe others don't. And so I kind of recognized early that I, I had this desire to coach um, and I just started consuming a lot of information um, one thing I've learned recently though, is to, you know, there's a lot of information out there and sometimes it can be overload. Um, you can jump on Google and find anything from anybody in the world or on YouTube. Um, Twitter is like a giant coaching clinic. Uh, there's just nonstop content on there, which is extremely beneficial, but can also, you know, be a little overbearing if, if you're consuming, 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 um, and, and you may become a confused as to kind of who you are as a coach or what you do. So I've kind of taken that growth mindset from when I played. Um, as I went through college, I got really interested in leadership. Um, so I've been studying, reading books on leadership really um, at a rapid pace since about 2013. Um, and then really, I caught a, I caught a really big break um, a couple of years ago back in, let's see, it was probably 14 or 15. Um, I found an old camp booklet from coach George Raveling, um, coaches in the hall of fame. I mean, legend spent years working at Nike. Um, I think one of the first, if not the first African-American coach, um, in the pack, I think it was the pack eight at the time with Washington state. He spent time at Iowa, USC. Anyways, I found this book of his, um, and I had followed him on Twitter and he was always challenging people to learn, learn, learn. Um, and I was just really intrigued by kind of his philosophy on learning and reading. And it, it lined up with a lot of the things that I was interested in. Um, and so I sent him a message on Twitter of this camp books. I knew he collected. I mean, he has Dr. King's original speech. I know he collects things. Um, so I thought, you know, why not? I'm going to send this to him and just kind of say, hey, look what I found. This is really cool. Um, didn't really expect a response, but got a message back from coach asking if I'd be willing to send that book to him. So I said, you know, I said, sure, absolutely. 
Um, I said the one thing that I ask in return is just one phone call with you just to pick your brain a little bit and ask you some questions. Um, and, and that one phone call turned into a couple different phone calls. Uh, now, you know, we consistently send each other books. Um, his big thing is, you know, anytime he sees somebody, he'll bring books. Um, he'll bring you gifts. He'll bring you a chance to learn. Um, and so my, my desire to kind of learn and grow was really solidified. I got the chance to fly out to Los Angeles um, and meet with Coach Rav. Um, and he just blew my mind with his humility and his you know, desire to learn and the things that he challenged me to do at that time. Um, you know, I was in 2016, you know, I'm 20, I was 24 at the time, just in shock that, you know, who I was meeting with. And um, so I've just tried to, you know, take that mindset um, and then also share some of the things that I'm learning as I go. Um, we're basketball junkies. I, I love to share some of the X's and O's stuff, but I also love to share, you know, I have another page um, about leadership and, and kind of development there. And, um, you know, I have a master's in, in organizational leadership and HR. I spent a couple of years in corporate HR. So I love that learning aspect and continue continuing to challenge myself to try to grow, change my way of thinking. I love to be around people that, that kind of challenge the way I think. Um, just to see if, you know, maybe I'm missing something or maybe I should look at it from this angle. One of the things that I look forward to the most is each Saturday morning, getting my newsletter from coach Rav because, mm -hmm. uh, it's consistent and there's always some great thoughts in there. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, the experience, uh, that he has the wisdom that he has, it seems like every week I'm like, I can relate that to something that's going on in my life. So coaches, if, you know, if nothing else from this podcast, uh, go out and uh, check out uh, that uh, or subscribe to that newsletter. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's phenomenal. Just always has great information. Um, you know, he's a truth seeker, a truth teller. Um, and he's always, always willing to learn even at, you know, an advanced age and somebody who, you know, I look at as, as someone who's accomplished so much, but still very humble and willing to learn. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that uh, I asked uh, you to talk about is kind of that idea of practice planning and yeah. uh, kind of developing that. And so that's what I'm hoping that we kind of learn uh, about today. So um, the boys season starts in Idaho in three weeks from now. So what are you focusing on right now as a coach? Yeah, um, counting down those days for sure. We're three weeks away. Um, so right now our schedule, we're holding open gyms on Thursday and Friday, um, trying to get as many kids in the gym as possible to play. Of course, we, you know, we're not doing any coaching right now, but allowing them to get in the gym and play. And then um, we're still holding Rula 2 workouts. Um, typically Tuesday and Wednesday, we give them Monday off at this point. Um, we're also missing, you know, quite a few football players, but we're starting to ramp up a little bit as we're three weeks away. Um, and we're in a unique position as well. I mean, obviously it's my first year at Middleton high school, but my staff is entirely new. Um, so we're spending time together, which I like actually, you know, I like the opportunity for, you know, every it's all fresh. It's all a new face. You got to bring everybody in, get everybody on the same page. You know, last year they won state and that was great, but but we're not going to talk about that. You know, you're not we're not here to defend anything. No one's coming to take that. We've got to get better and try to go do that again. Um, and so we're spending quite a bit of time as a staff right now talking about, 
you know, of course we spent the summer together talking about offense, defense, X's and O's, all these different things. But, you know, we're just really getting ready to ramp out, uh, ramp up, looking at our tryout schedule. Um, I put together a jamboree that we'll host, um, you know, making sure we get all the paperwork in, some of that logistical, the travel gear, the operational stuff. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, we're starting to ramp up three weeks away. Um, I got a little countdown going in our team app, uh, hopefully getting, getting guys excited and, and, uh, you know, maintaining, um, that communication with our guys as we get closer. Uh, just in a side question here, talk about the team app and what you guys use and how you use it. Yeah, we use, it's called, uh, I was just going to pull it up real quick so I didn't mess it up. It's called, I think it's just called team app. Yeah. It's just, it's called team app. Um, and we just try to communicate, um, you know, everything we can through that app. So, um, we can send out mass messages to everybody. Um, and I can also individually talk to one, you know, one person, or I can get a group of five people and, and talk to them through that app. So it's just a, just an easy way to kind of manage communication and, and cover all our needs with, you know, everything's there. It's on, there's a paper trail. We're all communicating in the same spot. All right. Great. If you don't have that for your team, you might think about getting it. Uh, it's yeah. very, very helpful. All right. Let's talk about the first two weeks of the season. So first off, how are you going to run your tryouts? Yeah, I think, I mean, the first two weeks is, is so critical. I think that it's, it's, you know, probably, I mean, one of the most important times of the season, um, you know, if, if you, if you have some mishaps in the first two weeks, it can be hard to recover there. So really those first two weeks, I mean, we're coming up on tryouts. We'll go tryouts for the boys or, you know, Friday the 12th. So we'll go try out on Friday. We'll get three sessions in before we make any cuts. So we'll go Friday and then we'll go twice on Saturday. So we're able to make those cuts. And then Monday we can just move ahead with the team. Um, I run tryouts just like I run practice. Um, my thought process behind that is, you know, if you can't make it through a practice or you can't come compete at practice, then, you know, there's, it's really difficult to have a chance to, to make the team there. So we'll bring the guys in. Um, we'll kind of, you know, set the tone, set that foundation. Um, our one word for the season, um, something that our program, you know, will value and, and we'll talk about often is compete. Um, and, and I've, you know, been fortunate to learn from coach Phil Beckner. I mean, he's, you know, one of the most sought after professional and collegiate skill development coaches out there. And, and one piece of advice that he gave me and, and the others who were with him was you got to define the words that you use in your program. And I think compete too. So, I mean, I can say that I can say, Hey, are you competing? But that could mean 12 different things to 12 different people. So we've kind of defined compete as energy, effort, and enthusiasm. And so that's one thing that we'll talk about every single day. You know, we want to come in, we want to have high energy. We want to compete. We're going to be running, you know, to and from drills. Um, I'm not real big on um, just putting people on the line and conditioning. Um, I'd rather condition throughout practice, condition throughout five on five, condition um, with how hard we go in the things that we are doing. So we'll approach tryouts with that, that same mentality. Um, hey, come in. Uh, we're going to talk about competing. We're going to talk about it often. Um, and we'll hold three different sessions that first week. And then what we'll do is have, you know, some individual conversations with the kids who, who we have to cut, um, which, you know, is, is my least favorite part of being a coach for sure, but it, it's part of it. And so we'll have conversations with them. Um, and then we'll have conversations with the kids that we keep with managers 
Um, and we'll have an initial conversation about role and kind of where we see guys fitting in. Um, and we'll have those conversations often throughout the season. I'm big into defining roles, um, making sure everyone is very, very clear on what their role is, understanding that that role can change throughout the year. It's not, hey, I'm stuck at number 10. I'm going to be number 10 all year long. That can change. But we'll have conversations with guys about, hey, here's where you're at right now. Here's some things you're doing really well. And here's some things we need to see from you to potentially get you to number nine or to number eight or whatever that is. But with the mentality of we're also having conversations with eight and nine, telling them things they can do to bump up as well. So we're trying to trying to set that mentality. One thing we're going to do this year, too, is um, we're going to have a whiteboard in practice. Um, so we'll talk about competing, right? But but we'll compete in everything we'll do. We'll split the split the teams up, split the guys up. Um, we're going to chart everything possible. We're going to chart wins um, and and who's getting it done on the floor. And ultimately, that's not going to you know that's not going to determine playing time as a sole factor. But that will that that whiteboard where you stand on that whiteboard will be you know part of that playing time discussion is. You know, we're tracking. Are you coming in and competing? Are you winning your individual drills? Are you winning in your team drills? Um, you know, are you shooting at a, at a rate that, that we need people to shoot at? Um, so it'll be very clear to guys, um, you know, where they are and, and where they stand within the team and within the program. How important is it from your experience to have that transparency as far as, OK, you're here? Yeah, and I think some of this comes from a little bit of my just business background. I mean, I, I touched a little bit earlier. I have a master's in, in leadership and in HR. I spent time in corporate HR. Um, I've been, you know, a high level employee and I've also been a, a lower, lower level, bottom of the totem pole employee. Um, and one thing I've noticed and, and become very passionate about is employee engagement. Um, you know, I truly believe you got all these great organizations out there, great companies, some great products. Um, so what separates the, the really good companies from, you know, the, the good or the average companies when products, you know, could be very similar. And I think it's how they how they treat their people and how engaged their people are. Um, and I, it translates directly. It's the same thing on the basketball floor. Um, you know, good coaches, you know, yeah, you, you'll, you may steal a couple games here and there just being a really good coach. But you know, if your guys, if they can't go get the job done, then you're going to have, have a difficult time as a coach. Um, and one of the quickest ways to, to lose kids is just that engagement factor. Um, and I, and when I was, you know, in, in the corporate side of, of HR, there was always frustrations about what role was and why it wasn't clear. And, and what do I got to do to get the promotion? And why is so-and-so being promoted over me or what, why? And there's just all this confusion about kind of transparency and where people stood. Um, and the other phrase that I'll take from, from Coach Beckner that he shares is high clarity equals high performance. The, the more clear we can get with guys, the better they'll perform. And, and I've just found that to be the case in business, but also in basketball. Um, having those conversations and they got to be truthful conversations. And sometimes I think that's why coaches or managers don't want to have that conversation is, you know, you're, you're concerned you may hurt somebody's feelings or how are they going to react to, or you're a people pleaser and I don't want to cause this issue, but part of being a leader, which is, is part of the coach's job is to be a truth teller. So we've got to, we've got to tell our guys, guys and girls, the truth 
um, tell them where they're at, tell them where they can improve um, and keep those open lines of honest communication, you know, there, present, open and available. Yeah, I think uh, probably looking back on regrets as a coach um, is a lot of them relate to not being as honest, trying yeah. to please people, but realizing that me not being as clear as I can be, that that actually hurt that relationship. Yeah. And so that kid's going away like, well, mm -hmm. coach hates me, you know, and stuff like that. So I totally yeah. agree with you there. Um, so let's talk about that first week then, because obviously you said Friday, Saturday, yeah. we got uh, our uh, tryouts. So what is the emphasis that first week? How much stuff are you putting in? Uh, and just tell us about how that works or yeah, is going I, to work. Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've had a tendency to want to put a lot, a lot of stuff in and do a lot quick. So this year I'm trying to take a little bit of a step back to just be a little bit slower in how I introduce some of that rather than hey, we've got, you know, 20, 25 things in, whatever. Um, and we're kind of average at everything. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, game by game what will work. But we're really average at a lot of things. I'm going to try to take a step back. Um, the very first thing that, that I'm concerned with is just building some camaraderie, um, some cohesion. Uh, culture is the buzzword. I know, you know, everybody talks about culture. Um, in my mind, culture is is... Uh, you know, what, what we do, not what we say. Um, so we've got to spend some time getting to know the kids. Um, and there's one activity that I really like that we'll do early in the season. Um, I heard it at one point at the CSI clinic from Leon Rice at Boise State. I also heard, I was watching uh, Sunday Night Football last year, and they were saying the Browns did it and had a lot of success. So we did it last year at Idaho Falls and, and went on a little win streak through a tournament and, and won a couple games that, you know, we were probably the, the underdog. But what it is, is it's called the five H's. Um, so we'll sit around as a team and, and I'll have every team do this at every level with their coaches. Um, everybody gets the chance to, to stand up, um, spit your gum out, you know, stand up tall, look people, look your classmates, teammates in the eye. Um, and go through these five H's. So what they are, are your history, um, a hero, a heartache. And I always got to explain to the, you know, a bunch of 16, 17 year olds. <laughs> it doesn't have to be the time that, you know, this girl you wanted didn't take you to the dance. It could be, you know, something it could be, you didn't get something or you didn't get some award or you didn't get, uh, the minutes you wanted. I don't know. It, it could be anything. Um, and then a highlight and, and a hope. And so what this does and what I've found that this does for a team is, is especially early season is I'll do it as the coach too, right? So they can get to know me on a, on a more personal basis. And I'll go first to kind of set the stage and, um, you know, just show the example of what it is. But what it does is um, it allows me and also the kids to get vulnerable in front of each other. And it's it last year, I was shocked by some of the things in a good way, shocked in a good way about some of the things that that these kids shared in front of their classmates that they were just goofing off and making fun of each other in the hallway, you know, and then we got in this room together, we shut the door, um, you know, we're not posting anything or sharing anything about it, but we just get in that room and, and talk as, as human beings and we really connect and, and really get to know each other. So the first week, I'm, I'm really trying to focus on some of this. When we put the team together, um, that camaraderie and cohesion will be one of the things that's on top of my mind. Like, 
You know, I think the end of the bench is one of the most important aspects of a team. Um, and it's not always the most, it, it may be a kid that's not even as talented as someone that you maybe had to cut or, or do something, but they're going to fit that mold. The year we won state at Idaho Falls, we, man, the end of our bench was phenomenal. They would have started it at any school in the area, but, but they brought it to practice every single day. Um, they competed, they made the group that played big minutes, you know, a lot better. Um, so we'll really work on some of that camaraderie, cohesion, the culture early on in the season. And then the thing we'll do from next as an O standpoint is just, just start to introduce some basic offensive and defensive actions. I mean, just some, just some basic stuff. And, and how I like to introduce that is I start one-on-one and then we'll go two-on-two and add a player in a spot. And then we'll tell them the reads. Okay. You get by your defender. We may add some constraints in there. We may add, you know, that they've already kind of put that defender's shoulder on their or their chest on their shoulder. Like you've already beaten that first defender. So there's a little bit of a constraint in there. So you can start to make a read and then we'll add a third player. Okay. Here's some of the reads. Here's some of the actions. Here's how it could be defended. And we'll, we'll go with that all the way up to fives on the offensive end, just to introduce that basic stuff. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll spend time on our defensive principles. Um, we'll start from the ground up, be very basic. We'll use tape on the court. Um, you know, tell, tell our guys where we don't want guys, where we do want guys at, um, how we're going to rotate, how we're going to play the pick and roll, which I think is huge. Um, and the second week of practice, we'll really hit pick and roll coverage because especially where it's becoming more and more guard dominant, even our bigger guys are playing out on the perimeter. We're seeing pick and roll more. And, you know, it starts in uh, the NBA or in the European leagues, trickles down to college. High school eventually gets there in Idaho. Um, so, you know, I think pick and roll has been a big thing, but it's starting to be bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, and so we'll talk about, you know, different different things and how we want to defend that and, um, you know, what where we're tagging from if we trap it or you know, how we're going to defend. And so guys are very clear. Um, one thing I noticed over the summer is just the different terminology. You know, it's, I came in like, all right, we're doing this, this, and this. And it was like, whoa, coach, you know, I don't know what you're talking about right now. And we didn't have a lot of time. I got here in mid-May and we hit the summer circuit and, and started to go play. So, um, you know, we'll, we have to build from the ground up. So we'll start slow. We'll start slower this year than I have in the past. Um, try to get really good at a couple things before we move on. All right. Uh, yeah, a couple things that I really liked out of that was one, the camaraderie. I think uh, last year, um, you know, I saw a big difference in my team. I wanted to do this at the beginning of the year, but we had a book study uh, with yeah. Alan Stein Jr.'s book. Nice. Um, and so we didn't get it till a little bit later in the season. But as soon as we were able to do that, um, you could see a difference. You could see that camaraderie come together and especially that idea of coaches being part of that process too. And, uh, you know, identifying, uh, things that you got to work on things that you don't do well along with the kids. Uh, and I know that we were able to build a much better relationship and kind of like you, we were able to go on a, on a run right. after, after that. And then the other thing I like is, uh, the idea of kind of starting slow. And I think that's something that, uh, our, our coaching staff is, is, is going to do as well. Um, because, you know, I think you really can overwhelm kids yep. and stuff like that. And, you know, as you said, do you, do you want to be 
mediocre at a bunch of stuff or do you want to be excellent at uh, a, a little bit of stuff? Yeah. And you forget, I mean, you and I, I mean, we talk this stuff probably every day. We're talking with our coaches, we're reading on Twitter, we're researching. Um, I've talked my ear, my wife's ear off about things. I mean, she could probably spit a lot of it back at me too, but these kids, you know, they have life. So they're at school and they got a math test tomorrow and, and they, you know, have to make up a, an English assignment and they've got a lot of, they have a dance coming up and their friends are doing this. They got a lot of things going on. So, um, you know, sometimes throw in, and just by, just by being excited and by being a coach, right. You just, all right, here's this and you should get this pretty quick, but you know, taking a step back and just realizing, okay, how, how do you learn first? Cause you're going to have, say you have 12 guys or girls, there could be 12 different learning styles out there. Yeah. So that's the other thing you got to take into consideration and, and, you know, visual and can you give it to them on paper and can you show them on film? So all these different things have just convinced me to say, okay, just pull it back a little bit. We'll get there and different groups can handle different things, but, but, you know, at the start, just a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, one thing I learned when I was coaching boys too, is that, you know, a lot of times at the varsity level, you're, working with kids that uh athletically um uh, physically uh are uh, much more mature looking um and so you kind of misconstrue that this person is an adult and actually they might only be 16 years old yeah no it's true yeah you're right so uh, what about that second week? Is that any different than the first week? Are you getting yeah. things a little more fine-tuned? Yeah, so we'll, we'll just start fine-tuning things. Um, depending on how quickly they do pick some things up, we'll start adding, again, we'll start adding some basic offensive, defensive things. Um, we'll start talking about some special situations, some sidelines, some baseline stuff. Um, we're hosting a jamboree this year, so we'll start to prep a little bit of you know, here's, here's things we're looking for that we want to see in the jamboree experiment with some different things. Um, and then I think that second week is also a good time to, um, you know, kind of sit down and start having one-on-one conversations again. Um, so we'll do it. I mean, we'll try to do this weekly bi-weekly with everybody. Um, tryouts, we'll have a conversation the second week again. Okay. You know, we're two weeks in, um, here's where we see you. Here's what we'd like to see you improve. Um, and I try to be very, very positive in all my interactions with the kids. I'm not, not necessarily, there's a lot of ways to win. Um, but I just got to be authentic to who I am. Right. I'm not a real big yeller. Um, you know, I like to connect with the kids, um, try to figure out, you know, how, how can I get to them? How can I help them be better? How can I help them grow as a basketball player, as a leader, as a student, um, and so this second week we'll, we'll start having, you know, some more conversations. We'll hold a little midnight madness, uh, thing at the gym. Um, so one of my assistants spent some time at Skyview has a great kind of potato feed fundraiser idea. And then after that, you know, we have the kids be the waiters. And then after that, we'll introduce the kids to the community, to the crowd that's there and give them a little bit of a scrimmage in our jerseys and, um, see if we can get out and run a little bit and just create some excitement there. So. Um, yeah, a little more kind of continuing on some of the the team building stuff, adding a little more offensive and defensive actions as we see fit, um, some special situations as we see fit, um, and then kind of, you know, pumping up the community a little bit. The other thing is, is um, we play the 27th, which is the earliest I've ever had a game. So we will, 
need to speed up a little bit. Um, the early I haven't, the earliest I've played was, you know, the first part of December. So, and we actually have two games. We're Saturday at Bora, Tuesday at Rocky Mountain in November. So, you know, and, you, and you've got Thanksgiving on that week. So Thanksgiving week, we play that Saturday, then the following Tuesday. So we'll have to ramp up a little bit. Two great opponents at the 5A level, uh, you know, storied programs down here in the Valley. So we'll we'll have to, you know, step on the gas a little bit there in the second week. All right. Um, I've talked to you a little bit before over Twitter about, you know, some some everyday things that you do. And yeah. so what are some of those everyday drills that you include in your practices? Yeah, one thing that that we're going to do every single day, um, whether it's in the summer, whether it's during the season, um, whether it's before the day before a game, whatever it is, is we're going to work skill work. Um, it's just critical to what I believe in and developing guys. It's critical for us to be able to run our offense. Um, it's a great way for us to warm up. Um, you know, I found, you know, obviously jumping in layup lines and doing things like this, you know, can be hit and miss sometimes. So I love to jump right into skill work um, and things that we'll focus on a couple areas, um, ball handling, um, we'll work footwork, we'll work change pace, change direction, we'll work on finishing. So we have four finishes that we'll focus on in the program um, and then we'll shoot as well. Um, one thing I would like to do more of is shoot in practice. Um, you know, I've, I can't remember what I was reading, but, you know, you think about the shots that you get during the season. So, of course, guys in the summer, you, you got to go get shots up. You got to get in the gym, um, really improve, maybe break down some shots, break down some bad habits. But then the season comes and it's, hey, we ran through our offense. We went through our defense. Um, we conditioned. We watched some film. But did, did we shoot at all? Um, you know, a typical practice, some of your best shooters might only be getting a couple shots, hopefully not, but it could be the case. Um, and so we'll, we'll make sure we make it a priority as well this year to shoot a little bit more. Um, the other things that I want to hit on every day are transition offense and defense. Um, I want to be really good at both of those. Um, and I, I do believe, you know, your program can be good at anything that you emphasize. It just takes two things, time and single-mindedness you know are you working it are you repping it are you practicing it are you talking about it and then do you dedicate time to it so we'll dedicate time to those areas every single day i also love to play um, live five on five action every day that's how the game's played i love to break down offense like we talked about earlier i mean we'll go ones we'll go twos we'll go three a lot of three on three so we get some more reps and we also space the floor a little bit better but we will play five on five uh, every day. Um, this is something that uh, Jeff Linder at Wyoming had a ton of success in Northern Colorado as at Boise State, but I've heard him talk about on a couple of different occasions is, um, you know, how much, and, and he's a great offensive mind. Uh, they score a lot of points. They play a fun style. They get up and down. They shoot the ball well. And he said, you know, they play a ton of five on five. That's how the game's played. Ultimately, we can break it down as much as we want but it's five on five. So we'll do that stuff every single day. And then um, the last one that I think is really crucial is uh, ball screen coverage, just cause, you know, we're in a ball dominant, you know, guard dominant league. Um, and, and those, you know, one or two guards will have the ball in their hands the majority of times. I saw it again in the summer with some of our conference opponents. So um, we'll, we'll rep ball screen coverage um, on the ball and off the ball. How do you organize kind of that skill work so that you're efficient in it and you can get 
through that kind of stuff. I mean, love it. It's needed, but also, yeah. you know, how do you get that in so that you can also work on that other stuff? Yeah. So what we'll do is it's just the expectation at 4:15 that you're on the baseline, on the sideline, working through, going through our skill work and I'll put it up on the, in the locker room for them. This is what we're doing today. Um, and we'll rep it enough that, you know, hopefully even at this point through the summer, we repped it so much, they'll be able to do a lot of it. Probably forgot over time this fall, but, um, you know, even in our rule of two workouts, we hit it hard. So they'll come in and, and hopefully I, I don't expect to even have to say a word. It's just, Hey, you, you know, you're on the sideline and boom, we're going through our ball handling series that day. And, um, you know, boom, we're moving on to our footwork series for the day and just 15 minutes, you know, if we're going an hour and a half, you know, two hours, 15 to 20 minutes max, um, just enough to come in and, and get warm, sharpen up a skill, get that ball moving with your body, um, get a feel for the ball a little bit, break a little bit of a sweat. Uh, and then we'll be in and out of it, um, in and out of it. And ultimately it's up to the guys. I mean, you know, I, how good do you want to be at it? You know, if I turn my back, are you going to pick up the ball and stand there for a minute and rest? I don't know, maybe, but you know, ultimately it's going to favor the, the dudes who, who really want to get better. Um, and who really want to, you know, take those skills, what we think is based our basic skills, take those skills to the next level. All right. Uh, a couple more questions. I appreciate your time. What do you think makes for a good practice? What does it look like? What does it sound like? Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. And that could be, I mean, that could be it, probably for every coach. It's a different answer. I mean, this one made me think quite a bit. And, and honestly, what it comes down to is, I mean, I'm going to ask myself leaving practice. Did we compete today? Did we get better? You know, I talked about our one word being com being compete. Um, so did we come in and compete in every single drill? And ultimately, if we did, um, you know, we, sh we should have gotten better. So not necessarily about what we got through for that practice day. Of course, you know, I have my practice plan. I have it planned out, you know, to the second, to the minute. Um, you know, I'm watching it closely. I want to get through everything. But we're not, you know, the reality is, is we're not going to. And I think as a coach, being adaptable and adjustable in that sense to say, Hey, we're, we're not going to get to, um, you know, the full court defense situation today, but we are really competing in this rebounding drill. We are really getting after it and the guys are really getting better today. Then we'll stop and spend some more time there on it. Um, we'll come into practice with some goals, you know, uh, whether that's, you know, whether we want to see better on the ball coverage in our pick and roll or whether we want to see the tag man reaching the short roll a little bit quicker and how we rotate out of that. And we'll have those things that we have on our mind to say, hey, we got to get better at X, Y, and Z today. Did we make this read out of the offense? Did, you know, is our timing right? Is our pace right? We'll have certain things and measurements there. So we'll look to hit those. But I think the, you know, the big underlying question is, um, you know, did we compete? Did we get better? Did we hit some of these goals? Sure. And again, we might not hit all of them, but if we hit three of them that we got to and we hit them really well, we're going to get better for tomorrow. And there's always practice. There's always more practice time. Yeah. So what does your practice look like before a game? How is that a little bit different than your normal practices? Yeah. So typically what we'll do, um, you know, we'll get together and watch about 15 to 20 minutes of film. I'm not going to watch too much with them just because I think attention span 
Um, you know, it can get difficult to come in and sit and watch, especially after school. Um, so we'll just hit on a couple points. Ideally, I have a couple, um, and my assistant will help me out with this as well. He's a great coach, Tyler Hoy. He'll do a great job with us this year. Um, has a lot of knowledge and ability, but um, we'll get together and, and cut clips of the opponent. Um, just a couple of their actions. You know, again, I'm not going to overload us with 10 of their calls, 15 of their calls. Coach and I will know them. Not necessarily concerned about our guys knowing every single call, because if we're defending the way that we want them to, we should we should cover up a lot of those, um, you know, potential weaknesses there or, or take care of it. But we'll talk about some concepts, you know, where, what are some things they're doing? What are some of the basic sets and actions that they're running? What, you know, who are they looking for in these situations? Um, we'll talk about, you know, what, what defensive coverage ball screen cover, cause we'll mix it up. Um, but we'll talk about what ball screen coverage we're going to run and I'll show the guys why, Hey, here's what he does coming off the ball screen. Here's where he likes to get to. So let's take this away. Um, so we'll look at some of those actions and, and depending on, um, you know, we may even have a couple clips of our prior game, um, particularly on the offensive end. Hey guys, this is what I was talking about when I said we missed this backdoor cut or, Hey, this is what, it, this is where I would like that screen to happen versus where it was set here. Or, you know, we'll have a couple clips to, to touch on those things before we hit the practice floor. Um, see, you know, watch for man zone. Um, defenses. We'll look at full court defenses. We'll look how they play baseline out of bounds stuff. And I'll watch too, who, you know, who I think their weakest defender is. Um, and so we know how we can take advantage of that defender when he's out there on the floor as well, no matter who he's guarding. Um, we'll then head to the floor and get through our skill work. Again, I, I really think this is just absolutely critical to hit skill work every day. I heard something the other day that was um, like, you know, if you can't hit if you have an hour and a half practice and you don't have time for skill work, then what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and I think it came from Brian McCormick, who's yeah, yeah. really big into that. Um, he, he's somebody that'll challenge your thinking real quick. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, it's something that I agree with. We, we've got to hit that and it's a staple of our program. And if, if we're going to call ourselves a player development program, we get guys better than we've got to hit it every day. Um, and then after that, we'll spend some time um on the offensive end um talking about what actions we think we can run to take advantage of what we just watched on film um where we want to get guys how can we manipulate the defense for us to create advantages um you know there's a certain way i anticipate being played this year just based off our personnel so um you know we've gone through a lot of different uh different ways to attack and combat some of that and, and put our guys still put our guys in positions of their strengths so they can make plays. And then we'll, you know, we'll talk, we'll go half court defense stuff. Um, we'll talk about again, what we watched out on film. Hey, here's some of the actions they may run. Here's the coverage we're going to pull if they run this, um, you know, we'll, we'll make sure that our players know some of their individual tendencies. Again, I might give them one to two, you know, things that a guy does. Well, I'm not going to touch on five things, but, you know, if there's one to two things that we can, I can tell my defender to say, Hey, uh, number 11, you know, he, when he goes left, it's a one dribble left and he's always crossing back to his right hand to come. Or you know, we played a kid in the summer that really good with the ball, but when he got to the left to finish it, it was always spin or try to go right. So we would manipulate our coverage based off that. And then we'll go through some, some special situations just to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, you know, we'll talk about calls, um, out of bounds calls, um, you know, things that we'll do on the side. 
Um, we'll talk about some late game situations if we get in that situation. And then we'll end some, we'll end practice with, uh, some shooting workouts and free throws. Probably go about an hour and a half on a game before a game. Not real, we're not real heavy conditioning, you know, so. All right. So I've got uh, one more question for you. As I brought up at the beginning of the show, you've got a website that's got uh, some great stuff on it, coachnatehartman.com. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that and what coaches can find there. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I've had a ton of fun. Like I said, I, I have, you know, I've tried to take on that growth mindset, um, really have learned from a lot of really good coaches. I'm not saying I know it all. I don't, I don't, there's a lot a lot smarter people out there than me, but I've been able to learn quite a bit and, and working in the digital marketing world. Um, you know, and I blogged for a couple of years for the Los Angeles Dodgers and, and did some, uh, you know, covered some NCA and NBA work. And, and I just wanted to have a space where I could connect with coaches and I could share the game. Um, you know, really a space where, especially with the, the rise of video and, and I got to get a little better at some of that with, with quality there, but there's such a rise in video and, and places to share it. And, um, you know, I'm just looking for a place where I can, you know, share some of what I learned, hopefully one to help somebody else. Um, but two, just to create connections with people and have conversations, um, you know, you, you see some, you know, people from other countries on your blog, you've talked to people from other countries just by doing this. I mean, a similar situation, right? You're creating content um, here with a podcast. I'm creating it on a website. Um, the whole premise, it, it, you know, it's called coach to lead. Um, that's kind of my philosophy as a basketball coach. Um, yeah, I'm a coach and I'm coaching players, but I'm, I'm trying to build better leaders. At some point, the basketball is going to stop bouncing. Um, you know, even if, you know, no matter how far you go, it's going to stop at some point, but the leadership is something that you can take your entire life, especially from sports, right? Some of the most important lessons I've learned are from sports. I'm sure, you know, a lot of these coaches are in similar situations and that's why we get back into coaching. So we can, you know, take those lessons we learned and, and, you know, pay the game forward and pay it back to these kids. So, yeah, Coach Delete is is my philosophy, coachnatehartman.com. Um, I'm up there, you know, just trying to share some some X's and O's stuff, also some some leadership stuff. Um, and I let, you know, I share the majority of it on Twitter. Um, I have a Facebook page where I'll post some information and I need to get I, I need to get an Instagram page. Um, gotta be where they some of the kids are too, right? I have my own personal one, but I don't have Coach Delete one. So um, you know, just trying to be in a space where I can connect and share. All right, Coach. Well, it's been really great to connect uh, today yeah. and uh, get to talk to you. I've really appreciated the stuff that uh, I've learned from you and the content that you've shared. So want to wish you luck with uh, this coaching job and uh, we'll uh, talk sometime down the road. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate everything you're doing. Good luck as well. Thanks for listening to the Idaho Basketball Coaching Podcast. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email me at idahobasketballcoachingpodcast at gmail.com.